You don't remember much, huh? Gosh, it was a long time ago. It's hard. 16 years ago. Was it? Mm-hmm. It's hard actually remembering all the details. And like when I see all of the, the details that you remember from your stone safe memory, <laughs> I remember it. It's just a little foggy. I think that'll be part of the fun is talking through what we do and don't remember. Mm -hmm. And I say what we do and don't remember, but I mean what I do and you don't remember. <laughs> mm -hmm. This is Kink Quest. Leveling up our kink achievements one dungeon at a time. We're your adventuring companions through the world of kink, Anna and Soren Sterling. And this is episode two. Our Ach first event. Yeah, achievement unlocked. Sound effect. Our first event. So we put a little bit of time and energy into thinking about how we wanted to start this podcast. What and does we, the format look like? Yeah, and we thought, you know, starting with an episode that was kind of what is our plan for mm -hmm. the podcast and for the, the site and the what's our plan in general seemed like a good place to start. But it seemed like pretty important that pretty quick we started getting to some interesting sex stuff. Oh yeah, like that's all nice to, to talk about talking about sex, mm -hmm. but if we're not actually talking about sex, then what are we doing then here? what's the point? Yeah. So uh, we also thought it was important to kind of start with a little bit of a primer about who we are, mm -hmm. start with some details about our, our journey that we've been on. And it seems like a really important first achievement for us was our first sex party, mm -hmm. because that's a thing that that when you do that, and I think, you know, it's interesting because a lot of listeners will have been there and a lot of listeners may not have been there. It changes you. It gets real, real. It gets real. And, and one thing that I remember, and we'll talk about it later, but after you go to enough events, one thing that kind of freaked me out was that I started to see everybody naked. Yeah, you're like in the grocery store and you realize like, you know pretty much what I, yeah. that all looks like. Like after you see enough naked people, you know what's under everywhere for the most part. Yeah, right? yep, yep. Yeah. <laughs> but so so we uh, uh, have been together for a long time and one of the... the 23, well, we've been married 23 mm -hmm. years. Yeah, longer, uh, 25 or what have you. Uh, but I think... One of the, the early thoughts that I had is um, I was always looking for someone who was as interested in sex as I was because I was always uh, promiscuous and, and very interested in all things sex. So this is a case of be careful what you wish for. It's very true. It's very true. <laughs> I like to say that I uh, like to think that I made you this way. I think I was kind of made this way. I think <laughs> well, we'll find out. You shaped and guided me in the direction that you wanted, but I think I was I was built for sex. It's true. I mean, just look at you. <laughs> so uh, we we want to talk about our first sex party that we went to. Yeah. So the first piece of con so so achievement unlocked. Our first sex party. Ding. And I think the first piece of every Achievement Unlocked conversation is how do we get there? Mm -hmm. So uh, we're not going to... You, you don't just like wind up at a sex party just looking around. I mean, maybe you could, but it sounds like an L.A. story. And this wasn't an L.A. story. <laughs> it was not an L.A. story. This was a Midwest story. Mm -hmm. And we... So we're, we'll get into in a later episode, perhaps, I'm sure. I'm sure. <laughs> uh that when we were very young and getting started out, we kind of stumbled into a situation with a, a three-way. Mm -hmm. And that was a not a one-off, one-time thing. It was mm -hmm. kind of a ongoing thing yeah. for a period of time. And then that thing kind of ended mm -hmm. uh, kind of messily. Yeah. And not as clean as it could. <laughs> not as clean as we would have had as, it in. As I'm sure a lot of folks have experience who've had three ways before and especially when you kind of just find yourself there as mm -hmm. opposed to really thinking about it yeah there was very little like we planning were very like, young yeah we were very young and so uh, again we'll talk more about that experience and what we learned from that and everything later but yeah. that's not where we wanted to start the podcast where but so after that ended we realized some things about ourselves mm -hmm. we realized that that was something that we were interested in mm -hmm. was playing with other people and we also realized that it wasn't necessarily sustainable 
to expect to just stumble into people in our vanilla life Mm -hmm. that that would work with. Yeah, you don't just find people like that hanging out all over the place where that would be appropriate. Or you do and they're not really emotionally prepared for Mm -hmm. what they're getting themselves into Mm -hmm. because they didn't like really make a choice to do it. They Mm -hmm. just saw the opportunity and it happened. And we really felt like being around other people who were kind of thinking about making choices. Also, uh, and again, more about it later, but we felt that getting involved with other couples Mm -hmm. might be cleaner than involving a third. Mm -hmm. And so uh, we, well, and actually even that kind of took us some time to get to. We had an era where we went to lots and lots of strip clubs Mm -hmm. and for whatever reason, I'm not really sure why this made sense to us at the time, but rather than just going to our local strip club, we journeyed all over the place and went to like crazy strip clubs far and wide. No, I think one of the reasons why was because you were not 21. That is true. Although the local one, like if you gave them $20, they let me in. I never one time did I go there and not get in when I wasn't 21. Well, but you're you're not a rule breaker either. so I was uh, anxious all the time. Yeah. So we, we drove for an hour, hour and a half each way, I think, mm-hmm. to go to the strip club that was uh, 18 and over, mm-hmm. um, but was fully nude. Yep. I remember that. Yep. Uh, and they time. didn't serve drinks there. That was the thing. Yeah. Well, yeah. right. So that's why you could be an if you're 18 right. So and and we could talk about strip club event. Uh, yep. That could later. Be, that could be a whole other different conversation. topic because I have some good stories there. But ultimately, uh, the biggest thing I think for me is I found that strip clubs weren't for me, mm-hmm. and the main reason why is because especially that young and without a lot of time to think things through, it felt to me like if I knew that the person that that I was flirting with mm-hmm. or interacting with, if they were there because they were paid to be there, it felt like, it almost felt like a violation of consent mm-hmm. to me. It felt like I could never know whether or not they would choose to be there because they were being paid to be there mm-hmm. and their boss was there, right? Yeah. This wasn't like a situation where I offered to pay someone and they chose to accept it. When you walk into a strip club, those strippers don't get to be like, no, you're gross. Yeah, no, and and in fact, I'm sure they they have experiences. And we could talk to some where they would target the people who they find less attractive because maybe they get paid more money. Well, and uh, I, I don't, don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But the point is, but, it, but it's not time, genuine. Yeah, at that time, it it became an issue for me in mm-hmm. that because at that point we were just toying with it. Mm-hmm. We were flirting with the idea. Yeah, and. As I started, the internet was there. It did exist at that point but it in was, time. It was relatively budding at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, and I started to discover and look into the world of swingers and swinging. And that was a thing. That was probably a 10-year phase for us mm-hmm. was the, the swinging thing. Uh, so, and I know that that, you know, there's an interesting conversation. I feel like recently strides have been made <laughs> to... Uh, to, to create a peace between the BS, BDSM and mm-hmm. swinger communities. Mm-hmm. I know historically, sometimes those communities have been a little bit at odds mm-hmm. with one another. Well, and they are very different. But, you know, recently the BDSM club mm-hmm. in our area got shut down and as was actually a swing club that opened its doors to mm-hmm. the BDSM community and mm-hmm. made room for them. Yeah. And I know also that there was some drama over that conversation. There's always drama. There's always drama when sex is involved. Yeah. It's always. Uh, but regardless, the point is um, we went into swinging. Mm-hmm. So then, of course, us being us, tons of thought went into how we were going to do this. How are we going to do this? We don't do it halfway. Well, and, and it's funny because this is not a sexy part of the story. But mm-hmm. at this point in time, we had a baby. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't necessarily the greatest time mm-hmm. to make this choice. But we are who we are and have always been. And uh, so it was when... Uh, that baby was a year old that we decided that we could leave for the weekend. Mm-hmm. And that was the way we wanted to do it. We didn't want to go out for the evening and then come home to parenting. Right. Days. We wanted to go away for the weekend and, and take the parenting hat off. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Be able to really focus on, on what we wanted to do. Yeah. And so we found a weekend long event that was in Chicago because that was the part of the Midwest where we lived. And the event was called Conclave. Mm-hmm. 
So Conclave was held by a couple who were uh, Ron and Sue. They're long-time swingers. Long-time swingers. They mm-hmm. were a fixture of the mm-hmm. Chicago swinging community. Mm-hmm. And we actually just missed Chicago Adventure, Club Adventure, actually. It was called Club Adventure. And Club Adventure was just a house mm-hmm. that Ron and Sue bought. And it had different sections of the house that were for different kinds of activities. Uh, it was, uh, I guess... <laughs> Everything was pretty run down, mm-hmm. and that was kind of there was a, there was a charm to that mm-hmm. for the community, and it was well worn. <laughs> well, and again, well, I don't know. We were never no. there, so I can't no. speak to it. Yeah. Uh, well, when, and we've seen videos though. Did we? Yeah, there were videos of the swing club, uh, and I don't. But know of, if, of of Club Adventure though, were there videos of Club Adventure? I don't I think thought, there I were. I thought there were. I thought there were videos that we saw of Club Adventure. Uh, it was like interviews or something. It's possible. And it, it looks well, like the '70s, uh, but no one had updated it. Yes. Yes. In in and, like 2000. And Ron and Sue were our really. I I feel that they were kind of our first mentors mm-hmm. into that lifestyle. Oh, we talked to them quite a bit. Yeah, and they were very much. Still in the 70s in a lot oh, of ways. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Very much. Yeah. It, it, it's weird because I say in that. Word, I, in word and deed. In word and deed. And, yeah. I, and it was it, like the best part of the 70s. I was going to say, it would be easy for that to feel like uh, like a, a put down. Mm-hmm. And it's not. Mm-hmm. Like It's like when you were with Ron and Sue, mm-hmm. you got to see what it was like yeah. to be a swinger in the 70s. Yeah. And I, I feel like you know they would regularly, if you prompted them, use words like doobie. Oh right? yeah, like that is their their era. <laughs> that was it? They it was were like like time travelers. So they were fantastic. And actually, I googled them uh, in preparation for this episode to see if they were still doing what they were doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it appears that Sue's passed away, which mm-hmm. is really sad. But uh, as kind of a star of her community, yeah. which. Uh, so if you're uh, interested in learning more about them or what they did, they actually have a DVD that's still available on Amazon mm-hmm. called Happy Swinging. Yeah. That is a, a really interesting picture right into that. I think yeah. that movie was made around the era that we were there, maybe a little before. Yeah, I thought it was like mid-90s or early 90s or something. But regardless, uh, so that was Club Adventure. And we again, we just missed Club Adventure. Mm-hmm. Club Adventure had just closed its doors. Mm-hmm. And instead, Ron and Sue were focusing all their energy on two events, mm-hmm. which was uh, Conclave mm-hmm. and Chicago Adventure, mm-hmm. which Chicago Adventure was a hotel takeover event, yeah. which we did go to a Chicago Adventure. Mm-hmm. But that's not the, the uh, yeah. event we're talking about now. We're talking about Conclave. But so Conclave, it was interesting because it was a, a, what basically a toga party. It was a Bacchanalia festival. Mm-hmm. Where... So Bacchanalia Festival, what's that? It's for like the people a, who don't know. It's like a Roman. Mm-hmm. It's kind of the Roman like uh, celebration of the god of like drink and mm-hmm. feast and sex, and yeah. uh, it was meant to be indulgent. Mm-hmm. It's funny because there was a lot of talk about like the the food that was going to be there, mm-hmm. and some of that was not exactly yeah. as expected, yeah. which yeah, we'll, we'll discuss. <laughs> we'll discuss. Um, but it was very much presented as this very slick, mm-hmm. very. Uh, indulgent kind of well and i think when you compare it with what club adventure was probably like uh, it, it probably, probably very much was indulgent yes. and slick yes yeah. so conclave was also held at a hotel mm-hmm. a big hotel mm-hmm. in chicago and uh it was interesting in that it was not a full hotel takeover yeah so you don't occupy the whole hotel there were common areas like ballrooms, yeah. but so, then there were also hotel floors. Well, so before we get to talking about the event itself, mm-hmm. let's talk about because I think it's really important to talk about the preparation mm-hmm. that happened for this event. Oh, it, that was that was epic. It was epic. Mm-hmm. So actually, piece number one of the preparation for that event is that was very much I was very much had the mindset that again we had a baby that was mm-hmm. a year old yeah. who I had had mm-hmm. a year ago yeah. and I was very very fixated on the idea that I had to change my body mm-hmm. everything to needed to be perfect yeah. so I actually lost 60 pounds mm-hmm. in preparation for this event mm-hmm. so you know it's funny it's because, like getting your beach bod ready well so people talk about their wedding and a lot of people mm-hmm. do that they they really you know get in the best shape of their life for their wedding because mm-hmm. that is this important event but for me, our wedding was just, we were like, let's get married. And then yeah. we got married. But that was conclave for me, was I, I 
that was the first time in my life that I really focused on what I did that dance dance revolution mm-hmm. and and I lost a lot of weight which One, not that I I feel like it wasn't necessarily the best thing that I felt that I needed to mm-hmm. but it is what I did on well, every there, there was a focus on every single detail but I felt like for you it was a bit of like your armor Yes. Uh, that that you were really uncomfortable with it. You wanted to do it. You wanted to go. You wanted to check it out, but you were very insecure and mm-hmm. and you're very uncomfortable just socially, mm-hmm. uh, emotionally with with that whole prospect. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, it's weird because it wasn't a situation where I was forcing you into going, but you were you were very much focusing on every detail, like like every one of those details that we we paid attention to mattered as if it were your life. Yes, and the funny thing is. I didn't, I didn't have so much, I had really very little anxiety about the sex parts of it. Mm-hmm. It was the body parts of it. It mm-hmm. was my self-consciousness. It was the feeling like I was going to be less than mm-hmm. or not good enough. I was not really nervous about would I feel jealous mm-hmm. or, or would you feel jealous or what would we do with other people? Like that all felt like we'd figure that out. Mm-hmm. But it was the, how would I look? Would I look like I belonged there? Mm-hmm. Which again is funny because then we got there and I realized that it was just people. Yeah. It was, there were very beautiful people. Mm-hmm. There were people who were uh, not what, what you would conventionally call so attractive. conventionally attractive, mm-hmm. everything in between. Yeah. Um, so it was a toga party. It was a toga party. And, and so we, we made our own togas. We did. Mm-hmm. So the, uh, kind of the the promise of the event was it's going to be easy because it's a toga party so you don't need to put time and energy into a costume Mm -hmm. you can but you can also just grab a bed sheet and that that invoked terror in me the idea (laughs) of taking my like bigger than I wanted it to be body mm-hmm. and wrapping a bed sheet, a bed sheet around it from and Kmart feel, and feeling like the bed sheet wasn't like big enough to yeah. cover me or there was just a lot of fear yeah. that I was going to look like I didn't want to look. Yeah. Yeah. It's easy to do a bed sheet wrong. Yes. So we ordered this fantastic fabric mm-hmm. and instead of just going with like white or off white, it was this like uh, like purple? Ver- no, it was brown. It okay. was variegated shades of, mm-hmm. of brown. Oh, right. Um, and and then we took flowers mm-hmm. from like, a, I don't know, Michael's or whatever, mm-hmm. and uh, sprayed them with gold, mm-hmm. like this this shimmery gold, so that it would go. And they, they basically like were the clips on. that yep. went on the shoulders. And we, we made this whole toga. Mm-hmm. Um, we bought like Roman-looking sandals and spray-painted them gold. Yeah. Uh, we got self tanner mm-hmm. <laughs> and and tanned me because yeah. I didn't want to feel it was spring. Yeah. It was just coming out of the winter, so I didn't want to feel like I was all pale and pasty. Yeah. So we did that, and uh, we went and got me a corset. Yeah. So this is not a, a Victoria's Secret corset. No, mm-hmm. no. So even having lost that weight, mm-hmm. I was not a little girl. Mm-hmm. I am still not. And we went and found a corset, which is really its own whole conversation. Oh, we could talk about that and went and saw a corseter and he was the most fabulous uh, fitter. I don't, know, I don't know what the, the terminology it, is. Years later, when I saw the Harry Potter movie and I saw the wand store mm-hmm. where he picks just the right wand and the boxes are all lined up. Yeah. That was this this corseteer yeah. that we went to see and it was fantastic. But so I got a corset mm-hmm. and learned to wear a corset because, again, as we'll talk about in that episode, a that's a thing. whole yep. conversation. Uh, and another whole episode that mm-hmm. we'll talk about later is we went because it was a lifelong fantasy of, of daddies. We went and we got my nipples pierced. Mm-hmm. For the second time, mm-hmm. because I had already had them pierced once before, and I picked the wrong place to get it done, yeah. and they didn't heal well, and I wasn't able to keep them. So I went and I got it done again, which I have now since let them heal again, and mm-hmm. we're having that conversation yes, again. Yes, we are. Yeah. Uh, but I got my nipples pierced, and I think that's all of the, mm-hmm. the preparation. I mean, I remember the... Uh, dusk over Cairo nail polish that I purchased. <laughs> and the name of it. Yeah, but, but the point is that every little detail was was part of the preparation. And it was months long 
that we went through talking about it and and uh, going and having different appointments and different visits and what have you, all in preparation for this one night well, or, and, or this one event. And you talk about it being my armor, and you were very much right that it was my armor. And especially, I think there was the part about all my body insecurities and the part about just going to a sex club. Mm-hmm. There was also the part about being a new mom mm-hmm. and all of that stuff. Yeah. And separating your mom hat from your, your swinger or wife or, uh, or bottom sexy hat. time. Yeah. yeah, hat. But I think a whole nother part of that conversation was that for us to be ready to go and be in that environment, which mm-hmm. is the next thing we're going to talk about, mm-hmm. um, I, I think a magic part of that for me was the amount of, just the amount of time mm-hmm. that we spent together. Mm-hmm. Working that, on projects. Yes. Mm-hmm. And us making my toga and all of the time and energy you put into like, learn you learned to apply the tanner to me. Mm-hmm. And, and tanned, we practiced that. And we practiced mm-hmm. it. And the conversations that were going into you understanding why I felt self-conscious and you helping me, you know, none of that. You say we prepared for mm-hmm. that. None of that was me by myself. Mm-hmm. None of that was me going and figuring that out. We did that together. Yeah. And the attention that you paid to my insecurities, mm-hmm. that was the balm that I needed to mm-hmm. be able to be ready to do that. Yeah. So I think that was a really important part of it that just the energy we expended together Mm -hmm. you know before that we had spent a lot of time and energy expending together on learning to be parents which is good and And still do and still do (laughs) but I think that that was kind of us remembering how to be not parents Mm -hmm. together again so the day dawned and whether we were ready or not, <laughs> we were kind of as ready as you could ever be mm-hmm. and kind of not ready at all. It's just like parenting. <laughs> it's true. But we're taking our parents hat off. Yes. Yeah. No parenting hats for this event. So we uh, see we're like like having flashbacks here. It's true. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's still a thing you have to you have to do. Yeah. Right. It's the thing you have to do. And I don't even know when when our kids have completely moved out of mm-hmm. our house and don't live with us anymore. Mm-hmm. I still think there will be a little bit of that hat because, like, sometimes you are being a parent to someone, sure. whether they live with you or not, whether you have to take care of them or not. Yeah. And sometimes you're being a sexual being. And I think, you know, those things are separate. So day of the event. Yeah. So we show up, we check into our room. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of a safe space. So having a room is super important for that kind of event. Yes. And actually, I had a lot of trouble later when we would go to uh, just pure on-premises events where we didn't have a room, it was just an event, Uh, that was hard for me because having that space to retreat to Mm -hmm. was really helpful for me to kind of just get some quiet space Mm -hmm. So anytime you have kind of sensory overload or yeah. or kind of sexual overload yeah. or any of those pieces, having a place to retreat to is super helpful. Yeah. Or, and again, we'll talk more about this throughout even this episode, but when you find you're reacting to something in a way you totally hadn't anticipated, mm-hmm. you had no idea, you get blindsided, you react to something and you have no idea what's going on, but you're reacting negatively to a thing. Mm-hmm. And if you can run back to your room and close the door. And it's quiet. It really helps mm-hmm. because then you can process that. Yeah. And if you can't get out of the environment, you can't process. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so the way that it was set up is that downstairs on the main floor of the hotel, there were two great big ballrooms Mm -hmm. that were both rented out by the event. A third ballroom that was actually rented out by some completely different salesman event. Right. Which was bizarre. Normal, right? Bizarre. So you're you're in a hotel event, which I'm sure everybody who's listening has been to something like that. It's like the salesman of the year banquet kind of thing. (laughs) There are people walking around in suits, you know? Yeah, and so everybody's walking around in togas. uh, And then there's kind of like a trade show toy floor and and or or a a ballroom and then so then the other ballroom was a mixer event Mm -hmm. and it was a no sex event there was no sex there was no nudity Mm -hmm. at because it's still part of the hotel right yeah and that that's interesting too where there will be different rules on different locations so it's like if you're on the main floor Mm -hmm. you got to be street legal yeah and then And and it's even more important if you start breaking those rules, not only is it bad for you, but it's bad for the event. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. And then there was a whole floor of the hotel that was 
uh, the sex floor. Mm -hmm. And it was not like floor two. It was no. like floor nine or yeah. something. And, and it was, yeah. And so we'll get there. But uh, but so we go in and the first thing we do is we decide we're going to go to the toy fair mm -hmm. because we've been to bajillions of sex toy stores and this is not uncomfortable for us. It looks a little bit like a... a convention yeah so it's like a geek convention mm -hmm. or whatever but it's all the same the booths mm -hmm. but it is sex toys and yeah. it was really fun what is sex toys but i think they had all different sorts of things they did so they had they yeah. had all kinds like of artists stuff. and they had uh shavers and they had that I, I was part mm -hmm. of my story yeah so uh, i and i did i bought my glass piece there mm -hmm. my my glass dildo there mm -hmm. Uh, which I still have to this day, although don't really use because it's shaped all wrong. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, Designed by a man. <laughs> indeed. So we we walked around and that was fun. And then we got to the best pussy shaver ever booth mm -hmm. where... It was not. It was not. <laughs> it was not. It was actually the body bear. Yeah. Um, and... As we approached that booth, uh, I was very interested because I have always been looking for a better tool for that. Yeah, than a Bic. Yeah, still haven't brought myself around to waxing, and I know I need to, but I have not yet. That's It'll be an achievement, achievement to unlock. Yeah. Uh, so we walk up to the booth, and like any other sex toy booth, we're just looking and we're talking, and the sales guy starts talking to us, and he goes, yeah, like you... You interested? You want to know more? And we're like, yeah, we do. We're we're looking to maybe mm -hmm. get something like this. And he's like, why don't you just, you know, whip your pants off and mm -hmm. come on and let's just shave you up. Yeah. And I was like, so unprepared for that. Well, and this is the first social event that we've been to. He's like, get her back here. You can just try it out. Give yeah. it a whirl. Yeah. Uh, and I declined. Yeah. <laughs> I was not ready for that yet. That was very soon for me. Mm -hmm. um, but so but, that was an interesting never experience. Never mind the hygiene element of that. Yeah, right? <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah. I mean, it's not like pe there was a stream of people there doing no, it. No, I no. actually saw no nudity on that floor. No, but like, again, I'm talking like, about were they cleaning it or oh, sanitizing Yeah, I know, but like I'm that. saying it's not like there were other people yeah. getting shaved oh, by it is yeah. all I'm like that I saw anyway. But it's also interesting because... I thought there were. I didn't think I thought, so. I thought, no, I thought, that was when we went across the hall. Okay. So just pull, okay. just slow okay. your roll. I'm, it's just coming back. <laughs> it's been so long since I even thought about this. So coming back yeah. to me now <laughs> okay so but you know and I think it was funny because there was all the focus on being street legal mm -hmm. in the ballroom yeah. and then they're like oh just whip your pants off it's yeah. cool which again like now having been to everything we've been to is like not even mildly oh, startling yeah. to yeah. me but at that point in time as basically the first interaction like that ever yeah yeah it was crazy and so then we went across the hall to the mixer event and they had some kind of a newlywed game going on up on the stage. There was a stage and there were people up there and basically they're doing a game. It's the newlywed game. Mm -hmm. That's uh, But sex version of some sort. Yeah. And it's supposed to be everything street legal down there. But mm -hmm. there is a woman on the table mm -hmm. being penetrated by I think a glass dildo maybe. Mm -hmm. And that was going on as we walked into the room. Mm -hmm. Uh and that was kind of that first moment of like seeing a sex thing going on like mm -hmm. and i think even if you've seen you know so i don't know about other people but when i was a teenager like you had sex when and where you could mm -hmm. and if other people were around like your friends or whatever that wasn't necessarily a bar to yeah. having sex oh, yeah. in a place yeah so i guess my point there is I had seen other people having sex. Although, again, even there, like, it's not like when your friends would be doing that, you wouldn't be, like, standing there looking at them, right? Mm -hmm. It was more like they were doing that over there mm -hmm. and you were doing whatever you were doing over here. Right. Um, but the the feeling of seeing that in this public setting mm -hmm. where everybody's just there and mm -hmm. everyone's just watching and it's just a thing. And it wasn't even like – it wasn't um, – if you see people and they're interacting and they're like really going at it, mm -hmm. this was different than that. This was just, they were just playing around. And I think it- It, it was casual. I think it, it uh, 
speaks volumes that I have no recollection of that detail at all. Really? At all. Because well, it, it did not jar me, obviously, in the same way. But it's funny because when we talked about it then, mm-hmm. you were very jarred by it. Mm-hmm. And that was half of why I remembered it so much is because you were like, wow, <laughs> that's a thing mm-hmm. we just saw. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't feel like you were jarred by it in a bad I, no, way. No, I feel like it was a good, a good jar it as was. opposed to a bad jar. It was. It wasn't a bad jar for me. Mm-hmm. It was just that sensation of like there's just something surreal about it when mm-hmm. you first see it yeah it's just I, it's real it's yeah. <laughs> shit gets real right. you know so then uh we hung out at the mixer for a little bit mm-hmm. went back to the room and got into our togas because at that point we were not yet we were yeah. still in street clothes and came back to go to the dinner mm-hmm. so the dinner was supposed to be like all like this like hand food and they were like Cornish game hens. Yeah. Remember that? To eat it with your hands. Yeah, and it's supposed to be like really indulgent or whatever, but Sexy. it was kind of just gross. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of greasy yeah. and you're like trying to tear these little chickens apart. Well, and the reality is like, uh, people eating that way in togas, they just like wipe it on their togas, whatever. <laughs> right. But you know, that's not really where we are today. It's not really what we're looking for. Right. So that was kind of crazy, but um, and you just go, you know, take your, your chicken laden toga to go have sex. <laughs> Everybody smelled like chicken. So so that was definitely a little weird to mm-hmm. get used to. But then there was dancing. Mm-hmm. And the dancing, at this point, they closed up the doors of the dining room in mm-hmm. such a way that we were allowed some amount of nudity. Mm-hmm. So I think there was no sex, but nudity was okay. Yes, there was no sex. Mm-hmm. And I think you could not be fully nude, mm-hmm. but titties out were fine. Yeah. And so, of course, that's what happened mm-hmm. is that my titties were immediately taken right out. <laughs> why, why wouldn't they be? And we were dancing mm-hmm. and it was fantastic. Mm-hmm. It was a lot of fun. It was really freeing. It was kind of dim, like think mm-hmm. like high school dance. Yeah. It was kind of dim in the room. So it was like being exposed in that way. It felt safer mm-hmm. because it was like people could see me, yeah. but not that well. Yeah. Uh, and that was a really good environment, I think, to first start experimenting with those things. And then uh, we were approached by a couple. I thought we like ate dinner by them. Yes, they mm-hmm. were at our table at mm-hmm. dinner and they were nice. Yeah. And we enjoyed their company. And then, uh, you know, we had, there was really no conversation over dinner mm-hmm. about like us having any interactions with them. And yeah. again, in all fairness, we're at a swing event. Yeah. So it's not like it's weird that they thought that might happen. Right. Uh, but we're on the dance floor and I'm having a really great time and I'm like really focused on just being with daddy and, mm-hmm. and having my tits out and like this is this freeing thing and I know that I'm like and you making, feel safe. I'm making you really happy. Mm-hmm. And then uh, we get tapped on the shoulder. Yeah. And they're like, can we cut in? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, this is what I'm supposed to do. Right. This is what I'm here for. It's a swing party. So we say, yeah, mm-hmm. okay. And then uh, the guy grabs me, the girl grabs you, Mm -hmm. everyone separates out, and I am like immediately in panic attack Mm -hmm. state. I have like level zero attraction to this particular guy, like Mm -hmm. not for any reason. He wasn't, he wasn't uh, unkind or Mm -hmm. he wasn't pushy, he wasn't rude. I just wasn't attracted to him. He yeah. and and I think that was I when we talk about what we learned from the event, mm-hmm. something I learned from the event is that for me attraction is a very particular thing. Mm-hmm. It's not, you know, I think there are definitely people who if you don't repulse me, mm-hmm. sure, why not? That's me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, but but I think your your bar uh, your, your barrier to entry, for mm-hmm. lack of a better term, uh, <laughs> your 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 uh, bar, your your requirement for for attractiveness in men is higher than than I think most women, but your your requirement for women is a little bit lower. I'm gayer than I am straight. Sure, but but even it, so, you're you're closer to the way that I am in terms of of. Uh, attractiveness requirement because mm-hmm. if it's going to be well, a man but it's I think you're talking about attractiveness requirement and mm-hmm. that's not really it mm-hmm. the thing is 
I have to feel an attraction, mm-hmm. which is a totally different thing than attractiveness. Sure. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. there are people who I've yeah. been very attracted to. Yeah. It's, there's more to it. No, I, you know, I, I totally deeper, acknowledge. I totally acknowledge that. Piece. Yeah. No, I, I I'm that. attracted to a person yeah. or I'm not. Yeah. And I think, you know, that is a thing I didn't really understand about myself then. Mm-hmm. Well, and I still would argue that your your bar mm-hmm. is higher for men. Mm-hmm. So if if that's the direction, I'm attracted to fewer men than I am women. Yes, yes, yes. absolutely. That's that's absolutely. all I'm getting. And again, I guess my point is, it's not that he has to be super hot. Mm-hmm. I mean, it can help, yeah. but it's that I have to be attracted to him. Mm-hmm. And well, I, and I don't know if I even have a, like a decoder ring for <laughs> you know what makes that happen. But and, and I remember, uh, you know, he was okay. Mm-hmm. From, from my perspective, uh, the the woman Ro, mm-hmm. she was uh, uh, she was okay, mm-hmm. and I would have no problem. Mm-hmm. Um, it wouldn't be my first choice in the world, mm-hmm. but we were there. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think another thing I learned mm-hmm. that was very interesting mm-hmm. is that uh, I am really just fine with mm-hmm. you sexually with. Anyone that I am attracted to. Mm-hmm. And if I am not attracted to the person, I don't really want anything mm-hmm. to be going on with you and them. Right. Which is really weird. So because it, it's not about, like, it, you would think there'd be a jealousy mm-hmm. thing, right? Like, oh, well, if she's hot, yeah. then I'm worried that, you know, I'm... There's a threat. Yeah, but it's like, she has to be hot. But there's a... What that means is that I'm held to your standard. Yes. Right? <laughs> it does. Right. And so with, with that couple... Uh, they did not meet your standard. Well, and in all fairness, I don't even know how much of that was about them not mm-hmm. meeting my standard yeah. and how much of that was about not being prepared for yeah. that. Because my memory of it is uh-huh. way less a memory of like, oh, I didn't want them. And more this memory of, I, I think what I've learned about myself more than anything is that I am way more interested in playing with someone mm-hmm. with you mm-hmm. than I am in that conversation about separating out. Right, and, right. And we'll, well get and, more into that. Yeah, and so that, and we can have a whole conversation about swinging uh, as, yes, as, because a, that's, yes. as a discussion. Um, but what you learned is that you're not into uh, isolated swinging yes. as opposed to group playing. Yes, right. exactly, yeah. exactly. So so that happened, and I got pretty freaked out, and we went back to our room. Yeah, and to regroup again. Yeah, I needed to be petted and, and soothed and mm-hmm. calmed down because I got, like, I got super panicked, and I didn't really understand why, mm-hmm. which, like, that was actually kind of a repetitive experience mm-hmm. for us with these well, events. And, and you think about that, and if you had friends mm-hmm. like, like Ron and Sue, mm-hmm. and they were actually our friends, mm-hmm. and you could talk to them, and you could talk through that stuff. Yeah. Uh, how much better would that be? Yeah, and I because know that, by the time titties came out, yeah. Ron and Sue were busy. Oh, they were, yeah. But they were also, but they were also the hosts, and and they were facilitating. And, oh, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like they were they, they were, were running busy the show, with other things. Right? interfacing with the hotel and yep. and what have you. But the point I'm making is is if you had someone like that, yes. that you could kind of talk through that yes. stuff. With, yes, who that would have been a game changer. Yeah, absolutely, mm-hmm. absolutely. And that's a big thing is we never did. Mm-hmm. We never did. Yeah. It's like like uh, uh, kink coaches or something, right? right? Well, but again, I mean, sure. But even like, I, I think that's why I have always felt the desire to have mm-hmm. good friends right. that are into some of this stuff mm-hmm. for exactly that reason. Oh yeah, yeah. So uh, then, so after we came out back out of our room, mm-hmm. we decided to venture out and check out the hotel floor because the hotel floor only opened at a certain point in the night. Yeah, and I think the, the ballroom had closed where the dancing was, so basically the party moved upstairs. Yes, mm-hmm. so the hotel floor. So you had to have a bracelet in order to get to the hotel floor. So otherwise you weren't allowed on the floor if you didn't have a bracelet. Yeah. And I think they had bouncers they, who yeah, were checking bracelets. They had bouncers on yeah. the floor. So that basically if you, without a bracelet, tried mm-hmm. to get off on like let's call it the ninth floor yeah. try to get off on the ninth oh, floor oh here we are <laughs> then uh, they would basically just turn you right back around and put you back on the elevator yeah. and there was like a little lobby up there yeah and so that was really bizarre mm-hmm. um, 
because I can remember getting onto the elevator and some of the people in suits were coming out of the mm-hmm. salesman of the year event or whatever it was. <laughs> right. Um, and everybody's in togas and, and we're like standing there clad. in our togas with our bright like orange bracelets yep. on and these guys are standing there in suits at the end of their event and yep. we're kind of at the beginning of ours yep. and they're like so like what's up with the bracelets and I just can remember like I, I, I don't remember what we said but I just was like hiding my face I was like oh my god what are you telling me don't look at me there don't look at me so uh, we went up to the floor and the uh, hotel floor was pretty crazy. Mm-hmm. So they had, there were some people. And it was just a normal hotel floor. It was just a normal hotel floor. Mm-hmm. But so you could get your room on the sex floor. There mm-hmm. were a handful of rooms on the sex floor. So some of the rooms were basically hosted by people who mm-hmm. that was their hotel room yeah. and they just opened the door up and yeah. people could come and go. And then. Which is a really cool thing. It is. Mm-hmm. And then like half of the rooms were for the event. Mm-hmm. So there was a group sex room where there were just mattresses mm-hmm. everywhere yeah. that they had brought in. Extra mattresses. In addition to yeah. the bed that was in the room. Yep, yeah. and and the idea of that group sex room was that that's basically the intent of that room. And it doesn't mean that you would have to participate in group mm-hmm. sex. But when you go in that room, mm-hmm. that's what you should expect. And, and you know, it's interesting. I wonder if how this, this functions now in mm-hmm. kind of the way that consent works now because mm-hmm. we focus it's more changing. on consent now. Yeah. But I know that there were places that basically the idea was if you are on the mattress in the group sex room mm-hmm. and someone starts to touch you, mm-hmm. You can ask them to stop, mm-hmm. and they are expected to stop. Yeah. But you don't have to ask for permission to touch a person mm-hmm. in the group sex on the group sex mattress. You don't ask for permission. Yeah, it's basically you just like, have to respect notes. Yeah, consent is implied by being on the group mm-hmm. sex mattress. Yeah. Uh, so there was that. There was an, a room where there was a Sibian mm-hmm. set up, which was the first time I ever got to see a Sibian mm-hmm. in real life, and. And, sure. and the no Sibian, one was on it. No one was on no it. No one was on it. Yeah. And you, Daddy, really wanted me to oh, get yeah. on it. And yeah. I was just not quite ready mm-hmm. to be in the spotlight well, in that and, way. And the way that it was set up was that it was very much a spotlight. Mm-hmm. Like it was very much kind of in the center it of the room. It was in the center of the room. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was. I just remember the lighting like shining on it. Yes. I mean, some of that's just. <laughs> it could be. It could, I remember <laughs> that. That's just your yeah. memory, I yeah. think. But yes. It was, and there were people all the way around the room, like waiting for someone. And they to had get condoms on. there uh, that that you would use. Yep, baskets mm-hmm. of condoms everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, there, uh, I can remember being in the group sex room, and there were just these guys. There were just these two guys in there, and I did not see women with them anywhere. Which, generally speaking, in a swing club, mm-hmm. as separate from like a BDSM club, mm-hmm. uh, there will often be places where single guys aren't allowed to be. Yeah. Like you oh, yeah. have to have, have a partner, a female mm-hmm. partner yeah. with you yeah. if you want to be here. It's like the bracelet. It is. <laughs> it is. Uh, and I don't know how that that functions with people who are gay. Well, I think it's changed. Interestingly, I think it's changed. In all the, the swinger events we went to, mm-hmm. I never encountered anyone who was there with a, a gay partner. But very much like the, the swinger community, at least uh-huh. when we were uh-huh. a part of it was very male dominated. Yes. Uh, it was very uh, uh, what? It misogynistic. Was, it was very misogynistic. I mean, it was very much like the 70s never ended mm-hmm. in the swinger community in the Midwest. And and in fact, like even being gay was kind of like frowned upon. Like we don't do that shit yeah. here. Yeah, right? it was. And I know there was like conversation even about like what could happen in a three-way mm-hmm. because they didn't really want like women and women was fine mm-hmm. but they didn't really want men and men yeah. to interact yeah. because they didn't want to chase people away that's right which is kind of crazy yeah. that like it was a sex community yeah. like but but even then it was it was uh, very kind of monodirectional it was it was that's that's very true mm-hmm. uh, but I can remember these these couple of guys that were standing in the group sex room mm-hmm. and they're watching what's going on mm-hmm. on the mattress and they're eating Doritos they have a bag <laughs> of Doritos and they're just standing there like yeah. I, I could swear this was the event where you gave me head I could swear well so purple passion prom mm-hmm. is when I gave you head in the group sex you room sure? No, yes. no, 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 no. Yes. No, I'm it, 100% this. sure. Oh, I, I you think I, I gave you head here too? Yes. I, I We went into one of the, the rooms uh-huh. and, and I remember it 
distinctly. Uh-huh. Um, and I, I, so when we talked about it earlier, mm-hmm. we were like, maybe we no, didn't have sex at this event I remember at all. It. I was like, it feels weird that we would go there and not do anything. Mm-hmm. So, well, and I, I know that that you felt a lot of pressure to like do something. I did. Because we had put all this preparation into it. We were also dirt poor. Oh yeah. And there was very much this feeling that was we like- We put a lot of money into this that we didn't have. Right. Mm-hmm. And I very much had the feeling that like you were like, look, I paid a lot of money for this. Something better come out of it. Which mm-hmm. I know now in hindsight that that was not, mm-hmm. that was not your message. Mm-hmm. But again, we were young and dumb and I didn't understand you as well as I do now. Right. And I, I really did feel like, and again, I mean, it's not that I didn't want to. Mm-hmm. It's more that that feeling of pressure helped me overcome a lot of my like body anxiety. And, but I felt like uh, the the head that I got, it was very much like a token. It was like it was. It was enough that I was giving you yes, public no, head at not, that point not in complaining, time. Not complaining. It was ceremonial. It, it was, was ceremonial it was, head. It was. It was. Uh, uh, gosh, it was. It was symbolic mm-hmm. it was it was not just you know the the discreet act of of putting your mouth on my cock mm-hmm. it was it was like the the not even the compensation but it was like the the exchange that was happening there mm-hmm. that was for a bigger purpose <laughs> it was it was in order and was it in the group sex room though because no, i feel it like was, it wasn't it was in, in the group no, sex room was, i think it was just in one of the, one of the open, open rooms, rooms. yeah so we were talking about there's a group sex room mm-hmm. and there's a Sibian room. Yeah. But there are other rooms that are just open mm-hmm. and there are beds in there. And and it, I think someone was even on the bed, like a couple was on the same bed on as the us? same bed. Okay. Yeah. But they were like kind of. Are, are you sure? Because I know Purple Passion, mm-hmm. um, there was a couple on the same bed as us because at Purple Passion, mm-hmm. and we'll talk about that event yeah. at another time, but I know at that event, uh, we were on the group sex bed, and there was a, a guy with his hand on my leg no. while I gave you head. And no. that was the no. whole no. interaction. You, you, you got down in front of me. I think I was, like, sitting on the bed. Okay. And you were, you were on down on your knees. On the ground in front of you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That, different event. Different event. Different event. I don't know how I remember that, but I do. Yeah. So, so again, the point is... There were beds mm-hmm. and you could go there and there was less likely to be a crowd mm-hmm. in those rooms, yeah. although people could come and go and watch yeah. what was going on. Um, but it was there was less. It was a little more polite. Mm-hmm. There was less crowding because the in the group sex room and in the Sibian room, that was kind of the purpose was mm-hmm. that kind of crowding around because yeah. everybody that was that's, like a that's a kink. Yeah, it's uh, like the train kink. Yep. And then finally, the buffet, which is not worth mentioning. <laughs> For any reason other than that. So there's a little table and there's like cheese. Remember, this is like lush foods and yeah. <laughs> uh, Bacchanalian festival. There's like a little card table in the middle of the hotel hall. Mm-hmm. And it's like olives and cheese and nuts. And I have to believe there are like Probably little, little pepperonis there or yeah. something. Yeah. <laughs> yep. uh, and, and so this is the sex buffet. And it's funny because... Like over time, we've been to many events, and there's like often some kind of a sex buffet, mm-hmm. and it's this very distinct experience mm-hmm. of like this like weird little table with like weird foods that are like probably somebody's favorite foods, <laughs> and and it's, it's like antipasta kind of stuff. And it's a thing that like if you walked by this in a hotel, like there are people everywhere. It's mm-hmm. very public. Yeah. If you were in a hotel where you were staying for the weekend and you saw this. You would never touch it. Yeah. You would never touch it. Yeah. But after you go and see a bunch of sex and, and have, have a bunch, a of, bunch sex. of sex, yeah. and now you're like all like kind of sweaty and you're, you're done. Like and salt you're deprived. Like drained. Yeah. And then you're like, oh, the sex buffet. And then you eat a bunch <laughs> of that stuff and you're like, it's the best thing. <laughs> and it's this very distinct, you know, like in life, there will mm-hmm. always be times when I'll be like, oh, that's like the sex buffet. And I'd be surprised <laughs> if they spend a dollar a person on that. Oh, yeah. yeah. The sex buffet. It was not even a buffet, yeah. really. Again, it's a card table. <laughs> it's a card table. But uh, I think, you know, it's it, worth was, mentioning. it was worth mentioning. Yeah. It's a remarkable thing. Yeah. So after going through that whole event, uh, that was the, the first event that we went to. Concrete. And we've been super long-winded here. But uh, we feel like we learned a ton. Mm-hmm. 
We learned a lot from that event. Mm -hmm. So we were kind of talking about it before, but uh, one of the biggest things that I learned then but Mm -hmm. didn't realize for years yet Mm -hmm. was that I was not really a swinger. Mm -hmm. Swinging was not really for me because really swinging was very much about a couple showing up together Mm -hmm. and going in two separate directions. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that is a thing that that people do and Mm -hmm. people enjoy and I am all for it. But... Uh, as I learned over time that what I really was was a submissive, mm-hmm. uh, what I really learned is that for public sex and for other people to be involved, I needed I needed to stay with my daddy. Mm-hmm. I needed to be with my daddy. And that feeling, that's my whole security blanket. Mm-hmm. And so that feeling of being cut off from that, of just someone going, come over here, and now he's gone mm-hmm. and I'm alone, that was not a thing that I was capable what? of of. Processing and and coming into that um, that uh, the, the swinging uh, world, there it's easier for wherever you enter the kink community. It's easy to have the perception that that is the kink community. Mm-hmm. So if you come into the kink community via swinging, yeah, you it's easy to get the perception that that swinging is the kink community. Yep. Right. If you want to be freaky and and you like sex things, Mm -hmm. this is what it looks like. Mm -hmm. But the truth is that there's a whole spectrum, uh, a wheel Mm -hmm. of kink. Yeah. Well, and it's funny because like if you came in through swinging, you'd Mm -hmm. be like, oh, like I guess being gay is not okay Mm -hmm. in kink. Right. If you came in through like leather, Mm -hmm. you'd be like, I don't know if it's okay to not be gay. Right. <laughs> right. You know, like there are all these different attitudes and all these different ideas. And I think it's it's overwhelming, especially because as you're trying to process so many different directions. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, there's definitely, I think, a good point there that it's important to kind of keep your your mind open mm-hmm. and, and find the place that's really where you want to be. And and we've discovered over the years that I'm much more slutty than you are. I We probably knew that pretty well back then it's true um but i think you know ultimately i think i'm much more kinky than you are but Mm -hmm. you are much more slutty than i am uh but as it relates to swinging specifically i feel like uh my my goal is if you're into a thing then that's a thing that that i want to do uh and and that's what what gets me excited Mm mm-hmm and I think that, you know, for so long, and it's a really good point, that for so long we kept going back to swinger parties mm-hmm. because on the one hand, I knew that something wasn't right for mm-hmm. me there. But on the other hand, it was like I didn't want to stop going to sex parties. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to stop but, being part of that community. But sex parties were swinger parties. And there was nothing else mm-hmm. in my mind. You know, I mean, I knew that BDSM existed, mm-hmm. but it was very much in my mind like I had this at that point, this very like... Uh, kind of what the media creates this mm-hmm. picture that like you go there and they just Do hurt dark you things, yeah. they hurt you and you don't like it and yeah. it sucks and, and like, you might not come home yeah. <laughs> right <laughs> like, who knows uh, and, and, and it was like oh well, that's mm-hmm. not for me I don't want that uh, and it, it really took uh, coincidence mm-hmm. for me to find my way into a community that was right for me yeah uh, so lesson that we really kind of already covered well is mm-hmm. that it's all in the preparation mm-hmm. that it, spending time getting ready for it whether this is something you're going to go to by yourself mm-hmm. and you really get that armor perfect you get every little thing like you want it mm-hmm. or if you're going with someone and you spend time with that someone in order to make sure that you're on the same page mm-hmm. it's important uh nothing will properly prepare you for walking into your first (laughs) sex party so again we kind of covered this Mm -hmm. but the idea that there is just this surreal feeling and it doesn't mean it's not a bad thing it doesn't i suppose it could be Mm -hmm. you could react negatively to it but i think it's it it's like getting into cold water Mm -hmm. at some point you just have to jump a little bit Mm -hmm. and it will be cold a little bit uh and and you can't necessarily warm it super gradually because Mm -hmm. there will be points where uh, quest points where you have to actually move mm-hmm. and those movements can be kind of jarring mm-hmm. absolutely and I think another part of this is uh, maybe some people don't I, I hope many people don't have this experience mm-hmm. but uh, as you know we'll, I'm sure we'll talk about more over time mm-hmm. I have like many women I have history of mm-hmm. stuff that gets in the way and messes stuff up right. trauma trauma mm-hmm. and it there are a lot of times at 
at sex events more mm-hmm. so than anywhere else in my life where I react to a thing mm-hmm. and I don't know why and I don't uh, and it's a negative reaction mm-hmm. where I panic things make me panic and it's hard because it would sound like well why do you want to go to this stuff mm-hmm. but I love these events mm-hmm. I love the good times, mm-hmm. everything is so good. Mm-hmm. And it's like so freeing and wonderful to be in a place where people are who mm-hmm. see the world the way that I do. Well, and I feel like if if I could do a thing differently here, mm-hmm. uh, and if I could do a thing differently for other people or, or give them context, uh, it would be to have, have a matriarch or a patriarch, people who are involved in the community who you could go to to talk about this stuff. And, and it's difficult because, you know, obviously there are, are far more people who just dabble. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think it's so important to any community to have those, those welcoming uh, uh, people who have been there, been through it, and can issue kind of some safety or some guidance on, on what's going on. Well, and I think as good as it is to get around someone who's been there and done that, mm-hmm. who can give you that advice, that's really nice. Mm-hmm. But even if you don't have that, even if it's someone who's a peer, mm-hmm. who is similarly experiencing these things for, you know, maybe not the first time, mm-hmm. but who is similarly new to things, yeah. still, I think, having another person mm-hmm. to process stuff with, uh, you know, and I know that we but, had but each if, other. But if you had the the you of now. Oh, sure. To walk you of then through it, yep. it would have been night and day different. Absolutely. Uh, from from an experience standpoint. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's all I'm saying. It's true. So uh, what would we do again? Mm-hmm. My toga was fabulous. It was on point. <laughs> and if I could have those gold sandals back, yep. I would. <laughs> Actually, I have a very similar pair of sandals now that yeah. I have recently bought. But yeah. maybe we should spray them gold. Yeah. Okay, I'm down. <laughs> so uh, I'll leave the other one for you. What would you do again mm. that we did? Oh, I would do piercings again for sure, <laughs> uh, and that's on our our achievement list that uh, that we'll put up on the big board. It's true. Oh, we're gonna have a big board. Yeah, for our achievements. Oh, I like that. Mm-hmm. So you want me to get piercings again, huh? It's a lot, you know? It is a lot. <laughs> it's so a lot. Yeah. But it makes, loved, it, it makes it better how much a lot it is. I know. I loved having them. Mm-hmm. It was just so painful to like get through that initial mm-hmm. healing. Well, and you being you of now, I'm sure you'll be able to better navigate that. That's true. It's mm-hmm. a good point. So, so hopefully you know us a little better now yeah. than you did when we started. So you heard the story of our first event. And hopefully that was eye-opening. So if you're, you're a regular in the community and this is just kind of, uh, it helps give some context about where we started out. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you've never been to a party or, or wanted to know a little bit more about it, I hope this has been helpful for you. Yeah, absolutely. So you can stick around and we're going to talk about uh, episode three next. Uh, if you'd like to, to pay attention to that and, and go along for the ride. Um, but Episode three is called Clearing the Table. And this is sort of about what we have gone through recently, uh, where we've kind of gotten through some some parenting and through some midlife stuff uh, to be prepared to start all over again from level zero. Yeah, we're kind of kind of doing a reset. So if you want to hear more about that, mm-hmm. then come back and listen to episode three. Like, love, subscribe. Please. Share with all of the kinky people in your life. Yes, and or not kinky people mm-hmm. in your life yeah. who are interested in learning more. Mm-hmm. Uh, and join the community, mm-hmm. please. And uh, it's a free community. You can find it at kinkquest.org. Come in, take a look at the achievements and unlock some. And we will see you next time. We'll see you next time for episode three. Clearing the table. Thought we had a uh, closing. Oh, something like uh, see you on the next level. Yeah. See you in the next dungeon. And then, yeah, we were, yeah, something like that. See you next level. See you next level. Some next level shit, you know? It is. It's the worst. It's a triumph. So I was looking for triumph.
That's funny. It's not quite it. Mm -mm. is not the right term. But ding. Like what would be the what word would you search for? Trill. Turns out trill is an actual word that means a thing. <laughs> Not it. That's for the furry podcast. <laughs> what what's the word you what what kind of sound does it make? Achievement unlocked song sound. That's the Team Fortress 2 achievement unlocked sound. We may need to put some more time into this. Okay. Well, you can't do it live anyway, so. Yeah. It's again, it's better if we don't. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like when you wanted to play like heist music live or whatever. Right. I did. And it worked. Right. That. Ready? 